Well, good evening, everyone. And of course, it says good morning. But <laughs> it is the evening here in Tucson, Arizona. And uh, welcome to our health condition workshop on prostate cancer. And we are really blessed today. We have Steve Liu with us. There he is, folks. Uh, licensed acupuncture here in Tucson at the Hun Ling Acupuncture Healing Center. And uh, he's going to talk to us about prostate cancer, uh, what's it all about, how do most people look at it, but what's, uh, what are other ways to look at it, what are other ways to deal with it. Steve, it is awesome to have you here again. You, you were here with us with Parkinson's disease. And uh, so if you have any questions for Steve, we're gonna, I'm going to sort of drop out and put him on here. If you have questions, you can post it in the comment section and I'll pass it on to him. Uh, otherwise, Steve, we'll just let you take off with it. Go for it. All right. Thank you, Paul. Hello, everyone. Good evening or good morning, wherever <laughs> you are. <laughs> okay. I want to start out with the title of the uh, talk tonight. I says, How Not to Die from Prostate Cancer. I actually borrowed that from a book, and I'm going to show you in a the, in the minute. And, uh, and this uh, story uh, actually was listed in that chapter. And this is about a happily married father in his early 50s. He was an engineer and a self-described health nut, a runner who had always been at a healthy uh, weight. He actually controls his weight well. And then he always tried to make good choices out of uh, respect of his body and was lucky to have descended from long-lived healthy ancestors. So he also got some good genes, okay? And then he stayed away from tobacco, alcohol, drugs, and kept a great diet based on healthy foods recommendation from the USDA. Well, sounds so far so good. And, but there's a little problem I'll show you in a minute. He convinced his family to switch from whole milk to skim milk and from beef to fish and chicken. Like all, most of my patients uh, told me that's what they uh, are doing in terms of changing their lifestyle. And in this case, he ate lots and lots of chicken. So my question is, what's wrong with this picture? So when you're listening to this, uh, this story and uh, you might go, nothing wrong. I mean, he actually was a pretty good, you know, based on all most of the doctors will say too. However, he was diagnosed with an aggressive prostate cancer. And he actually saw care at a world-renowned cancer center and underwent a radical prostatectomy, which successfully removed his cancer and left him with the daily challenge of dealing with the consequences of the surgery. That's why I said it's also a sad story, even though it's true. Is namely what he what the problem was the side effect of this surgery, urinary leakage and erectile dysfunction. So, uh, Paul, could you show this prostatectomy? I want to show you if you haven't seen what uh, usually the most of uh, surgeons will do these days is uh, operating in the surgery room with a robot, and this actually has a name. And as the, if you look at the, on the left side of this picture, this is really, you know, there's a, you know, this is a very scary looking machine. 
And they call it Da Vinci. They actually name it Da Vinci machine. And you see on the middle picture, there's two surgeons and basically just look at the computer and, and the patients on the table and uh, with the nurses. And then on the lower right-hand side, that's a, if you see, that's where these four uh, large probes uh, is gonna be inserted. And then the surgeon will, uh, will be operating on these probes and knives and they will cut the uh, prostate out. Uh, so it's pretty scary. And that's pretty much of most of a, a, a cancer patients, prostate cancer patients will receive these days now. Okay, so next one, Paul, you can show the, uh, let's, let's uh, try to be on the same page with uh, the, uh, uh, the anatomy a little bit, the prostate itself. The prostate is a walnut-sized gland located between the bladder and the base of the penis, just in front of the rectum. Okay, you see that picture on the right, little orange color below the bladder and uh, in front of the rectum, and that's our prostate. It surrounds the urethra, the outlets from the bladder, and secretes the fluid portion of semen. So the semen, when we have an ejaculation, the semen part is mostly produced by this little gland. And just as the uh, glandular tissues in the breast can become cancerous, so can glandular tissue in the prostate. I often tell my patients, you know, if you were, um, um, uh, you know, uh, believing God as a, you know, Christian, and I'm a Buddhist, but I was a Christian, they, you know, they, I says God is always being fair too. And uh, what happened is breast cancer for women and uh, prostate cancer for men, both of these cancers are uh, hormone related. And uh, while breast cancer had a lot to do with uh, the, uh, uh, you know, the uh, women hormones and uh, so as a man's uh, testosterone had a lot to do with. So that's why I have a patient told me today when I mentioned about this uh, workshop, and he told me that one of his relatives, they have to, the surgeons have to remove his testicle. And once you remove the testicle, you would stop the, uh, the production of, a, of, a, uh, of testosterone. And I hope that will help uh, stop the progression of the cancer. So estrogen for women and uh, uh, So there's some facts about prostate cancer. Prostate, uh, prostate cancer is one of the most commonly diagnosed cancer among men in the United States, representing 25% of all tumors. Currently, more than 2 million American men living with prostate cancer. Autopsy studies show that about half of men over the age of 70 years old and older have prostate cancer. So, you know, you can see 50%, half of the men, if you live long enough and past 70 and uh, one of the two will have this cancer. Nearly 28,000 die each year from prostate cancer. However, this cancer is very slow growing. Only 7% of diagnosed prostate cancer victims die within five years. So in the cancer community and the medical community, if you live past five years, you are a cancer survivor. And whether you die one day after five years, from the statistic point of view, you survive the cancer. So the cancer survival 
usually they use a five years marker. So if you made it five years, you're good. But it's only 7% of this the prostate cancer die within five years. So it's not the, you know, it's not like lung cancers or a, a colon cancer. They are pretty deadly too. But then uh, you can see it's, uh, this is not very deadly in the way that it's uh, based on the statistics. The main question for the patients and the doctor now is based on these facts, will prostate cancer become life-threatening before deaths come from other causes? Remember, number one cause of death in this country right now is a heart, a heart attack and strokes. This one disease kills 750,000 Americans every year. It's number one since the 1940s, 1950s. It hasn't changed. It's always the number one. So what if you die from the heart attack before you die from prostate cancer? So the question is, do you really want to have this uh, pretty radical uh, surgery and cause uh, uh, you know, incontinence and uh, erectile dysfunction? You know? And so you have to ask the doctors. And, and uh, of course, like this case uh, story I first talked about, and uh, he had a very aggressive kind. So the doctor has to intervene. Um, all right. So of course, then we, what doctors uh, look, uh, look for is called a PSA. It's called, it uh, stands for prostate-specific antigen. It's in the blood. It's actually a marker in the blood. And it's one of the major markers, not the only one, but it's one of the major markers used to determine the likelihood of a prostate cancer becoming life-threatening. Men are diagnosed as having prostate problem when their PSA levels are about above four. And that, so that's the magic number. If your PSA is over four, doctors get a little bit nervous. If you're around four, 4.5. And so if you have very high numbers, then they'll get on with it right away. Okay, that would be the bad news. But, but this test alone is hardly a firm diagnosis of cancer, especially if the PSA level is barely above four. So that's the question. If it's around four, what do you do? I mean, what, what, what is doctors gonna intervene with surgery or with some other chemo or radiation? You know, it's a, you really have to decide. And just like I mentioned, it's a very slow growth cancer. And, but it also has an ambiguity of this test leads to some very difficult decision-making. So should they have a little surgery or a lot of, if PSA barely above four, is a PSA value of 6.0 a serious problem or just a wake-up call? If it's a wake-up call, then what must they do to reduce such a number? This is a, the talk tonight. There's a lot you can do to reduce that number without surgery, without chemo, without, without any surgical or chemo or radiation intervention, okay? So, question is how we can reduce this PSA. Are we looking for a magic bullet? It's always nice to have a magic bullet. <laughs> you know, we don't have to do anything, don't have to change anything in our life. We, we have this magic bullet, sure enough, PSA drops, everybody's happy, everybody's go home and live every, ever happily ever after. No, we don't have a magic bullet. So to find this quote unquote magic bullet, we actually do, that's the topic to tonight. And uh, hopefully by the end of the talk, you will see what the magic bullet I'm talking about. First, let's look at 
what safe assumptions were accepted by the prostate cancer research community. Number one, prostate cancer rates vary widely between different countries, even more than breast cancer. Why? It's different from country to country. It's not universal in terms of uh, the, the, this, uh, this cancer rate. Number two, high prostate cancer rates primarily exist in societies with quote unquote, Western diets and lifestyles. Why? Number three, in developing countries, compared to uh, you know, these uh, un underdeveloped, so on, men who adopt Western eating practices or move to Western countries suffer more prostate cancer. Why? And this has all already been done, this research. So for instance, Okinawans consider one of the most uh, um, longest living people in the world in Japan. But if these Okinawan, you can say, well, they have uh, good genes possibly because you know, they, we always like to um, attribute to genes. But then when these Okinawans move to United States, like uh, for instance, Southern states where they eat very greasy, oily, and animal-based diet. And a lot of these Okinawans develop prostate cancers. So that means it's, you know, it's have a lot to do with lifestyle. So let's go on. So when I uh, first talk about this story that this happily married man, so why they say it's happily married father in early 50, he's young. 50 years old, relatively, compared to some of us. And uh, I'm 62, so he's definitely younger. And uh, he's happily married, so he has a lot less stress, say, from marriage. That's great. And then he also self-described health nuts, so it sounds good. A runner, great. And then he also has good genes, and he doesn't use tobacco. I, everything looks great. But then when he says he kept a great diet based on healthy, healthy food recommended by FD, uh, USDA, that's where a problem starts because they recommend, for instance, switch your whole milk to skim milk and from beef to fish and, and the chicken. So let's see what's wrong with all these food. Before I mention this, uh, uh, what's wrong with these food, I want to introduce a something called resilience probability factor. And then I come up with, when I put these slides together, I actually come up with this myself. I call this a balancing act. Now, what's a resilience? Resilience is defined as the process of, of adapting well in the face of adverse, adverse, adversity, trauma, tragedy, and threats or significant sources of stress. Remember, stress is the one is a killer. So that's why if you were happily married, if you have a good job and everything counts, however, and that will help build up this uh, resilience, but then, once you build up resilience, then you can overcome a lot of diseases. So such as a family and relationship problems, serious health problems, or workplace and financial stressors that can bring down the resilience. And then when you come, when, the, when, the, when, you, when your body decides to uh, deal with a cancer, how resilient you have to ask yourself, your body is to overcome. And we in the COVID-19, um, how resilient your immune system is, to overcome this uh, virus and survive this COVID-19 virus attack. 
And the probability, the second part of this uh, resilience probability factor is, is the probability is the branch of mathematics concerning numerical descriptions of how likely an event is to occur. So if you have a, 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 a head and tail coin, you, you toss enough time, you know your chance of getting ahead or chance of getting tail is 50%, uh, 0.5. So somewhere between zero and one. Zero be, being impossible, impossibility, and one indicates certainty. So what we really want to do is we want to have a very decent lifestyle to optimize this resilience probability. So this number will get closer to one. The one will be a perfect number. We have a perfect resilience, perfect immune system. We, we're, not, we, we're not fearful of any diseases. We'll never come down with cancer, never come down with always bacteria and the virus, but we can. That's a, we don't have the magic bullet to achieve that, but we can definitely try to do our best to achieve higher number for this probability. All right, so uh, Paul, go ahead and show up this next slide and How Not to Die by Michael Greger. So please write this book title down. And this is a must have book. And uh, How Not to Die from Prostate Cancer, I believe is chapter 13. And uh, it's on the right side. The first chapter is How Not to Die from Heart Disease. Second chapter, How Not to Die from Lung Diseases. And third, How Not to Die from, uh, from Brain Diseases. Last time I talked about Parkinson's and they actually have a Parkinson's in uh, chapter 14. So in this one, you can see the uh, tiny little subtitle, Discover the Foods Scientifically Proven to Prevent and Reverse Disease. Every disease that lives in this book can be reversed and can be prevented by your lifestyle. Most likely is the eating habit. The next two books, uh, Paul Pocoy bring up the cancer link to animal proteins. Now this is gonna be a bombshell in, uh, news to you guys, uh, most of you. Animal protein actually turned out to be the, one of the most lethal um, bad things that we can, we're gonna have for our body. I know some of you is gonna go, oh no, no way, yes. And uh, if you read these two books, The China Study by Dr. T. Colin Campbell, He's a cancer researcher for NIH and a Cornell University professor. He was here in Tucson in 2012. And that was a, I was eight years younger in that picture. And uh, Dr. Campbell now is almost 90 years old and he's still alive. And the one on the right is called Proteinaholic. And Dr. Garth Davis, I also introduced him at the loft when he gave a talk over there about this book. He basically, the subtitle, if you read how our obsession with meat is killing us and what we can do about it. He's a, a bariatric surgeon. He's the one that helped 500 pound patient to get the stomach smaller so they can shrink weight. However, himself went from proteinaholic. Actually, first line uh, in his chapter one, he said, my name is Garth Davis and I'm a proteinaholic. And uh, when he went from proteinaholic, to a vegan and he, he does not eat anything to do with animal and he'll show you why in this book. This is the first book, uh, the only book I think has everything to do with uh, protein and he show you all the research and all the studies that prove to you animal, animal protein actually is a bad thing to have. 
Okay, so next, high protein diet linked to cancer study. This one I found out in the 2018, and it was actually published in 2014, March 5th. It's by University of Southern California. And the title of the study says, high protein diet could be as dangerous as smoking. Well, how did they define, define high protein diet? Actually it was defined in the research deriving at least 20% of the daily calories from animal protein. So if you take in 1000 calories a day and the 20%, that's a 200 calories strictly from animal protein. And what they found, the studies show that high level of dietary animal protein in those under 65 years old were associated with a fourfold, 400% increase in their risk of death from cancer compared to those on a low animal protein diet. So the conclusion of the study, this is again, it's another bombshell. A high protein diet could be as dangerous as smoking 20 cigarettes a day. So 20% animal protein you take in every day could be from anything, anything to do with animals. The butter, the cheese, the milk, the eggs, uh, of course, the beef, the pork, the chicken, anything you talk about, with, as long as it's animals, the animal protein sum up all together. If it's 20, 20% of your total calorie intake, your chances of having cancer is identical to a person smoke 20 cigarettes a day. And that's published by USC, and you actually can Google it, and uh, you'll see it. Now, what's wrong with the milk? The case study is on skin, uh, whole milk for skin milk, and that's only changed the fat content, but the protein's still there. So Mother Nature designed cow's milk to put a few hundred pounds on a baby calf within a few months. A lifetime of human exposure, consumption of these growth factors in milk may help explain the co connection found between dairy consumption and the certain cancers. Now in 2015, Meta-analysis found that high intakes of dairy products like milk, low-fat milk, and cheese appear to increase total prostate cancer risk. One recent set of studies involving 100,000 men and women followed for up to two decades, 20 years, suggests milk may increase bone and hip fracture rates. So it's the opposite to what we believe, unfortunately. And then, so what's wrong with the dairy consumption? I mean, you're talking about cheese now. At 2001, Harvard Review of Research, 12 of 14 case control studies and seven of nine cohort studies have observed a positive association for some measure of dairy product and prostate cancer. This is one of the most consistent dietary predictors for prostate cancer in the published literature. In these studies, men with the highest dairy intakes have approximately doubled the risk of total prostate cancer and up to fourfold increase in risk of metastatic or fatal prostate cancer relative to low consumers, low protein consumers. So enormous body of evidence show that animal-based food, particularly one based heavily on dairy are associated with prostate cancer. So the mechanism to explain link between prostate cancer and dairy. 
And this is the best I can find. I think this is one you can find in the China study. Animal proteins causes the body to produce more insulin-like growth factor one, IGF-1 in, in short, which in turn throws cell growth and remo removal out of a whack. The cell growth and removal, they have to be in balance. Stimulating cancer development. Remember, cancer cell is out of control growth of a cells. Animal protein suppresses the our own body's natural production of supercharged vitamin D, an active form of vitamin D, they call. So vitamin D, we know we can get some sun exposure, we can get some supplements, and then this is supercharged vitamin D we take in, and we need it's we, we it's an anti-cancer but animal protein suppress the production of this. So, and then if you drink lots of milk, you think you do a lot of calcium, but you can see the study show actually cause a, a fracture. So it's not the case, but if you're taking a lot of calcium, like you found in the milk and dairy, that also suppresses the production of supercharged D. So it's a double whammy. You're taking the animal protein and, uh, and the excess of the calcium from dairies and both uh, it's gonna suppress the uh, animal, I mean, the vitamin D production. So if you don't get any sunshine, you don't have a, a, a D. And the D, the supercharged D is responsible for creating a wide variety of health benefits in the body. Persistently, low levels of supercharged D creates an inviting environment for different cancers, autoimmune disease, osteoporosis, and other disease. Remember, we have to increase that probability towards one. So if you do all the things right, including the, uh, the dairies and cutting off the dairies and that, you're actually moving that predict predictors, that probability towards one. So what's wrong with egg and poultry? I know I, do I have enough time to uh, call? Okay, so I'm gonna switch. I'm gonna uh, uh, basically, and uh, uh, I wanna, uh, Paul is going to have all, all, all these slides. So if you're really interested in, you can ask Paul and he can, this is no proprietary information. It's all published. And I just want to mention one more slide. And uh, they actually found out uh, if you do exercise and on mostly plant-based diet, like what I'm doing. I'm myself, Paul knows, I'm a 27 marathon runners at age 62. And I accomplished these 27 marathons in the last seven years and I'm a vegan for 11 years. Why? Because I know of these studies. So if I combine the two, you don't have to be a marathon runner, you don't have to be vegan, but you have to do a lot better than you, uh, if you have a poor lifestyle, lots of meat, lots of dairy and sedentary. You have to change. So that way you can use these two things to decrease the risk for prostate cancer. And so this is a, and uh, I, um, basically live up to Paul. So, so the only thing that's wrong with this uh, engineer in the, in the study is he just need to uh, eat a lot more plant-based food and cut off the uh, animal-based stuff. That's it. So I've got your uh, sign up at your acupuncture studio there in, uh, here in Tucson, Arizona. And do you uh, treat prostate cancer with acupuncture also? I mean, somebody hasn't gone through all these steps can uh, yeah, acupuncture be, also help yeah i have to be on this uh, on the um uh on the official and we as an acupuncturist we could never claim right we treat cancer sure we help cancer patients yeah. so i help cancer patients to boost their immune system i help cancer patients to 
change their eating habits. I help cancers, I have cancer patients to up the energy from the side effect uh, from the chemo and radiation. And so, yes, I help Perfect. a lot of cancer patients, but we cannot say we treat cancer. And I think that's what's important, both with what you do and what we do and, and educate people like that was awesome. I mean, so much information. Yes. And and then, you know, work with people and their symptoms and help That's them right. get a strong body and help them work with their medical professionals. Uh, right. And and then try to make lifestyle changes. So right. try to survive these uh, horrible diseases like a cancer, heart attack and COVID-19. Yeah. Awesome, Steve. Hey, that was a lot of information. We really appreciate you coming. If you have any questions for Steve, uh, you can go to his uh, website and let me just show it again. You can call him in his yeah, number. You can call me. Call I in. definitely will answer you. Yes, and hlahc.com. And uh, we'll also be sending out an email uh, with a, a tape of this and also I'll put an attachment to his PDF files that he has that he freely is willing to share with us. So. Steve, thanks. All Appreciate right. it. We're going to teach people how to do BioTouch now. So we'll yes. see you next time. Thanks for All your right. time. Thank you, Paul. All right. Thank you, everybody. Good night. Good night. So there we go. We have uh, Steve Liu. From here in Tucson, Arizona, if you have any questions for him, you can contact him personally. He's an awesome guy, done a lot of healing work. Oh, I got to change myself here. Uh, hold on. Uh, I knew there was something wrong here. So we're going to uh, teach you some points on how to do BioTouch. And we have our manual. Hold on. I'm just trying to... Uh, Oh, here we go. We go this way. There you go. You can see me now. See there. Put it here. Make it smaller. Okay. So we're going to teach you how to do BioTouch. And just for those of you who are members, you always get the uh, workbooks that we do. We have a workbook for prostate uh, cancer. And uh, what we're going to do in this part of the program is we're going to teach you how to do BioTouch. So if you have a particular manual with you, that's great. If you don't, um, I'm still trying to get my picture on here correctly. So, okay. So. We have our little workbook and uh, it has prostate cancer. We talked a little about it right there. Uh, if you, uh, we also have a blog, Deborah Schillhouse writes a blog about the particular condition. Always every uh, health condition comes out the first of the month. And so we want to take you through the manual here. And the first thing we want to do is if you haven't done BioTouch, you know, what is BioTouch? And this page in the book, uh, which tonight you'll be able to get it for free if you've contacted us here, uh, is uh, what is BioTouch, you know? And we just want you all to know BioTouch is just touch. It's these two fingers lightly touching on the skin. It's easy to learn, as it says here. It's a complement to your health care. It's not an alternative, as Steve was just saying. We do BioTouch so that you can work with the symptoms and the conditions of any health condition that you have. We don't claim to cure you. 
We don't claim to get rid of the problem, but we sure can, as we're going to talk about here, help you with your stress, which is a big uh, way that uh, increases cancers and uh, your hormone system, how to work with that, uh, how to work with your metabolic system. If you decide you want to change your health care and your, your eating habits, BioTouch can help you make that transition. So it's a complement to your healthcare, whatever you're doing. It could be acupuncture, it could be Reiki, it could be uh, massage, it could be anything else. BioTouch is something that everybody in the family can do because there's no levels of ability. Everyone's effective the very first time you do it. What we're going to teach you here tonight, you too will be effective at doing BioTouch and you will have the ability to go out and teach somebody else how to do BioTouch. Uh, and it requires no special preparation. I'll tell you what's great about BioTouch is you can do it in front of the TV. You can do it before you're going to bed. You can do it in the bar. You can do it at the Safeway. You can do it in an emergency where you're at uh, uh, parties. I've worked in all kinds of situations. And so it, there's no special state of mind either. You don't have to focus. You don't have to center yourself. Uh, you don't have to be an all-kind, loving person. I've always said that to people. You know, even jerks can do this, and I've proven it because I'm one of the bigger jerks on the planet. So, so you know, it's just a wonderful technique, you know, that no matter your age, no matter your ability, no matter your belief system, you could, political beliefs, you know, I was just listening to the Dalai Lama. They did an interview with him, and he talked about Americans. He said, you know, I don't understand why they just don't love one another, why they don't see each other as equal. That's the beauty of BioTouch. BioTouch meets people as equals. That's why we, we don't have levels. That's why we, you know, if you're a human being on the planet, regardless of what you believe, you can do BioTouch and help another human being who's suffering. Guaranteed. I've been doing this for over 30 years, and it's an awesome technique. And it's just with that light touch in the practicing of BioTouch, as it says here, all you do is you wash your hands. It doesn't even have to be a scrub, but during this time of the COVID-9, you might want to do that 20-second washing. It's always one person touching another. That's the consistently most effective way. We have a little video if you tune into our Monday shows, Mondays with Bev and Paul on Facebook streaming. Uh, we talk a little bit about all kinds of situations in relation to BioTouch. And we have this little video about why we touch on the skin. It's a little ping pong ball that lights up when two people touch each other skin to skin. And it won't light up if you touch them uh, through the clothes or off the body. A lot of these energy modalities uh, where they do work off the body. Uh, BioTouch is skin to skin. And um, it's just using these two fingers. So if you take those two fingers, if you've not done BioTouch before, and just lightly touch yourself on the skin like a butterfly. If there's somebody sitting next to you, just lightly reach over and touch them on the face, on the hand, on the arm. That's the only amount of pressure that we use when we do BioTouch. And we hold all those points for six to eight seconds. Okay? So this little part of the manual this is just a, a workbook of the entire manual which has 17 sets of points but we're just going to teach you just seven uh three sets of points to address what steve was talking about what are the conditions with um, uh, prostate cancer 
Also in this manual, as you can see here, we have terms. We're not going to go over those here because they're not important as far as knowing the system, but it's a way of language that we teach people in order to learn the points. The key that we do want to share here is that associate. And an associate is the person who does the points. And we use that word for this reason. Is the person who performs the procedures in this manual. The term associate is used as a matter of convenience. However, the dictionary describes the role of one who is inspired to pursue this work as one often in company with another, implying intimacy or equality, and two, one having an interest in common with another. BioTouch is awesome. It really is about just loving your neighbor with a simple touch. All the barriers of individuality go away. When you reach out and touch someone with that loving touch that we call BioTouch, healing can happen because we change the dialogue within ourselves and the cells follow. When you just bring love into that, all kinds of things can happen. It's probably one of the best meditations or yoga practices or prayers that I've ever done. Uh, because we're talking not about a lot of time either, like we're going to teach you here the greeting. Even just doing that, which can only take 15 seconds, a healing process can begin. So let's teach you the greeting. The greeting is the one set that we do all the time, regardless of what else we're going to do. It's also the only set where we do one hand. And you choose which hand by just picking your dominant hand. If you're ambidextrous, pick a hand. And you're going to touch point one, and we're going to show you a little video with that, and then point two. So let's take a little moment here to just show you how we do what we call the greeting. The greeting is always performed at the beginning of each session. It's the only set that uses one hand and the only set that indicates which hand to use. The greeting is performed with the dominant hand. If you are right-handed, use your right hand. If you are left-handed, use your left hand. The greeting is made by touching at point one, which is in the fleshy area just below the bottom of the breastbone or sternum. Hold this point for six to eight seconds. Then with the same two fingers, touch point two on the back. To find point two, look for the big bone at the base of the neck. From here, move one to one and a half inches to the left. This is point two. Hold this point for six to eight seconds. More than one associate may work with a recipient provided that all of the associates perform the greeting. If the associate or the recipient leaves the session, or if someone who hasn't done the greeting touches either the recipient or the associate, the greeting must be re-established. Then the session may proceed from where it was interrupted. And so what's awesome about that particular set is you could see it was a family doing it. That little boy working on his parents, the wife working on the husband. I'll tell you, there's nothing finer than BioTouch for the family. You know that everybody can do it. Everyone's effective. 
And again, it doesn't take a lot of brains to do it. You just follow this chart that we're showing here. And if you have a chance to watch the video, you can see here there's a link. Click here to the video. All of our ebooks have links to this video that we're showing you. So it's really easy to learn the technique. Okay? So that's the greeting. We do that regardless of what else you're going to do. And each page has a little drawing. And then it has the words, as you can see here, describing where the points are just the same way as the video tells you where the points are. So it's easy with two, those two uh, mediums to be able to learn BioTouch. Okay, so one of the sets we want to do with prostate cancer conditions is metabolism. And of course, metabolism helps the body get rid of what it doesn't need and assimilate what it needs. And so when uh, it also works on the hormonal system, on those adrenal glands and the thyroid gland. So the metabolism would be something real important to do based on what Steve talked about, too. One of the reasons we get these different kinds of cancers, specifically prostate cancer, is that the uh, hormonal system is out of whack. And there's stress involved in uh, most cancers that we get. In fact, 85% of diseases we get, they say, is stress-related. And the interesting thing is we do have the research to show that BioTouch uh, reduces stress hormone levels and builds immune system responses. So we have the research on that, too. Go to our website, justtouch.com, if you want more details on the research. But let's teach you now how to do the metabolism. One of the great things you can do if you're watching this is just find the points on yourself. If you have somebody with you, you can find the points on them. Yeah, you can stop the video for a moment and uh, let's show you how to do metabolism. The metabolism set can be used to help the body assimilate what it needs and eliminate what it doesn't need. The metabolism set has two steps. Step one involves touching points in matching fire along the large muscles on the front of the neck. Points one and one are located above the collarbone in the soft indentations on both sides of the notch at the top of the breastbone. Points two and two are halfway up the neck on the front of the large muscles. Points three and three are at the top of the neck on the front of the large muscles. The second step involves holding a point on the front of the body and touching points next to the spine on the back. Hold point X on the front of the body is on a line directly between where the nipples would be on a youth and is one to two inches to the left of the breastbone. Another way to find X is one-third of the way up the breastbone from greeting point one and one to two inches to the left of the breastbone. The points on the back are located next to the spine forming a rectangle around the breakover point. The breakover point is where the bottom of the rib cage joins the spine and can be found by imagining a line directly through the body from greeting point one. To perform step two, find hold point X on the front of the body and touch points one through four on the back. Point one is approximately one to two inches up from the breakover point on the left spine muscle. 
point two is directly across from point one on the right spine muscle. Point three is two to three inches below the breakover point on the right spine muscle. Point four is used to address blood sugar problems and is added to the other metabolism points when needed. It is located across from point three on the left spine muscle. Okay, there you go. That's the metabolism set. And uh, as I said, it works with your hormones. It works with your metabolic process. Uh, you know, I think what was important too, Steve talked about uh, when you have these high numbers that they use to uh, decide if you have prostate cancer, uh, he questions, what does those mean? And, and to him, the greatest thing it means, it's, it's a wake-up call. You know, it's like this coronavirus. It's a wake-up call. You know, we can sit here and argue about whether it's this or that or whether you should wear a mask, shouldn't wear a mask, uh, whether it's a conspiracy or not a conspiracy. It's enough to drive anybody nuts. But the one thing we know for sure is it's a wake-up call. It's time to wake up and relate to one another as human beings. BioTouch gives us that opportunity to do that. And so it's not the magic bullet like uh, Steve was talking about. There is no magic bullet. You have to take responsibility for your health care. BioTouch helps us come into our own self-awareness and take responsibility for our own health care and to pass that on to others to create a chain that will go on indefinitely. It really is a revolution. It's a revolution in our own self-awareness, in our own health care, and it's a revolution of love. It's helping us reclaim our birthright to be healthy, happy, and loved. And it's all done with those points that we're showing you here. So that's the metabolism set. And again, there's the drawing of it. Over here, we have the description of where those points are defined as it is said in the manual, in the video that you just heard. That guy there that's doing the touching with a big bushy beard happens to be uh, me in a past life. Uh, I don't even know if I could grow it that much anymore. It certainly wouldn't be that dark. <laughs> so one of the other things we're going to teach is the headset. One of the most powerful sets of points that we do is the headset. And it really works with the, the central hormonal system right in that pituitary center. It works on the brain itself and all the hormonal systems that come off the brain. It also is probably one of the best things we can do for stress reduction. And... Um, it's a very simple set to do. It might look a little complicated, but again, just find these points on yourself and we'll teach it right here. The headset can be used to address conditions related to the brain. There are four steps in this set. In step one, use through fire to touch points A and A. Point A on the back of the head is in the center of the neck at the base of the skull. Point A on the front of the head is at the center of the forehead where the forehead begins to curve to the crown. Step 2 is performed in crossfire with the fingers of each hand touching on opposite sides of the head. Hold it X which is in the indentation beside the neck muscle at the base of the skull. It is the same as point one of the back set. 
On the opposite side of the head, touch points 1 through 5. Points 1, 2, and 3 are on the ridge line formed where the skull curves up toward the crown. Point 1 is above the outside corner of the eye on the ridge. Point 2 is above the front of the ear on the ridge. Point 3 is above the back of the ear on the ridge. To locate point 4, move down the head toward the base of the skull to a horizontal indentation approximately one-third of the way down from the top of the ear and one to one and a half inches behind the back edge of the ear. Point 5 is opposite hold point X at the base of the skull. Point 5 now becomes the new hold point as points 1 through 5 are touched on the opposite side of the head. In crossfire, touch point 1 above the outside corner of the eye on the ridge, point 2 above the front of the ear on the ridge, Point 3 is above the back of the ear on the ridge. Point 4 is a horizontal indentation approximately one-third of the way down from the top of the ear and one to one and a half inches behind the back edge of the ear. And point 5 is opposite hold point X at the base of the skull. Step 3 is performed in matching fire touching points 1 and 1. two and two, three and three, four and four, five and five. Finally, in step four, place the open palms of both hands on the head covering points one through three. Be careful, don't let your hands touch each other. Okay, there you go. Very calming, very powerful. Can be done for lots of other things besides just prostate cancer, but it specifically can help with that condition for your stress and for hormone balancing, some of the key uh, problems that we have with uh, prostate cancer. So next thing we wanna show you is, that's the headset, again, there's the words. In the workbook, this is the workbook. And the last one we wanna show is the lower abdomen, specifically getting there where that prostate resides remember those pictures that uh steve showed us of where the prostate lies is down in that lower abdomen and very low on the abdomen so we'll show you uh how to do that particular uh set of points and uh lower abdomen here we go the 
lower abdomen set may be used to address any conditions or organs which are located between the navel and the pubic bone. This might include conditions of the reproductive organs, the colon, the bladder, or hernias. When working on the lower abdomen, it is helpful to press firmly into the flesh. But while working firmly, be careful not to cause discomfort to the recipient. The lower abdomen has three steps. Step 1. Locate hold point X, which is on the pubic bone. Do not press firmly on this point. While holding X, touch points 1 through 5 with the other hand. Point 1 is located just below the navel. Point 2 is in the soft tissue to the inside of the pelvic bone, low on the abdomen. Point 3 is the same point on the opposite side of the body. Point 4 is in the soft tissue just inside the high point of the hip bone. Point 5 is the same point on the opposite side of the body. Step 2. With the palm open and flat, slide the entire hand under the recipient's body and place the first two fingers of this hand in contact with point T on the sacrum triangle. Then with the other hand touch points 1 through 5 and X. Point 1 is located just below the navel. Point 2 is in the soft tissue to the inside of the pelvic bone low on the abdomen. Point 3 is the same point on the opposite side of the body. Point 4 is in the soft tissue just inside the high point of the hip bone. Point 5 is the same point on the opposite side of the body. and X, which is on the pubic bone. After completing this step, enhancements in local work may be performed wherever a recipient is experiencing difficulties of any kind. Step 3. In matching fire, touch points 1 and X, points 2 and 3, and points 4 and 5.